0: I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope.
1: Welcome to the Broken Book Podcast. We're your hosts,
0: Amanda and Sam. And we're ready again this week to appreciate, dissect, criticize, defend, and generally nerd out about the Bible.
1: The Book of Kings is part of a longer historical narrative called Deuteronomistic History. Deuteronomistic History, which my husband tells me I am far too fond of saying, but I am very fond of saying it, and so I will continue doing so. Anyway, it's so called because it was written during the exile as a way to explore the question, what happened? Why did we lose our land, our God's temple, and everything we hold dear? Why are we in exile? And the answer of Deuteronomistic history is, we are in exile because God is punishing us for not obeying his law, as described in the book of Deuteronomy. So as part of Deuteronomistic history, Kings is a tragedy about how the kings of Israel and Israel's sister state Judah continually disobey God's law by oppressing the marginalized and worshiping idols. It's a tragedy because the readers know before the book starts that it will end in exile. And they know this because they're reading it from Babylon. The prophet Elijah turns up in the middle Of the Book of Kings. He sees where all this is headed and he tries desperately to turn the nation of Israel around. He is trying to save his people from exile. We pick up with Elijah at his finest hour. In front of the King of Israel and as much of the nation of Israel as could be mustered on short notice, Elijah has just scientifically proven the existence of God and ended a long drought by making it rain on the spot. And he got to murderate some prophets of Baal too. Finally, he has saved his people. Finally, the whole kingdom of Israel will stop worshiping idols and come back to God. But when King Ahab got home. He told Jezebel everything Elijah has done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. "'I've had enough, Lord,' he said. "'Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died.' Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree." But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, "'What are you doing here, Elijah?' Elijah replied, "'I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty.' But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Elijah's faith has been broken. The greatest success he could possibly hope for is an utter failure. His life is meaningless. He wants to die. And yet, there's something in this gentle whisper, in this still, small voice, as more poetic translations have put it, that he recognizes. That has continuity between his old, broken faith and this present moment as he is trying to make sense of his world. That pretty much describes the continuity of my faith, too. My theology of an all-powerful, all-loving, rescuing God had reached a sort of apex as I was in seminary, writing liturgies and sermons. It was a beautiful theology, and I loved it with all my heart, and I put all my faith in it, and I devoted my life to it. And in the face of the questions I started asking, it fell away, and nothing made sense, and life was meaningless. But there was still that gentle whisper that still, small voice. There was this rock-solid spiritual relationship that I had built over years and years with... with God? With something? With my own brain? And whatever it was, I still felt its presence, and I still felt its love, and it still sustained me in the wilderness. Even though everything was changing about what I believed that it was. It was still there. It is still here. And I'm still figuring out what to do with it. But at a basic level, that is a big part of what my faith is. We got this, Elijah.
0: I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I remember my affliction my wandering. The bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Why should the living complain when punished for their sins? Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain without pity. You have covered yourself with clouds that no prayer can get through. You have made us scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us have suffered terror and pitfalls from destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees.